again, and welcome to part four of this Echo Chicago podcast series, focusing on our AHRQ nursing home project. If you missed parts one, two, or three, you can find those right where you found this episode, on our website or on Apple Podcasts under Echo Chicago. But now we'll jump into our conversation with another wonderful facility, All American Nursing. So thank you so much for for joining us. Um, I'd love to start with you just introducing yourselves and your organization. So my name is Mary Clawson. They call me Pickle. And I'm the administrator at All American. I've been here almost nine years. Um, My name is Chiyere Wosu, but I prefer to be called Chichi for short. I'm the director of nursing at All American Nursing Home. I've been here since uh, quite a few years now. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with us for this podcast episode. Um, Since we're talking about our AHRQ nursing home COVID series, I'd like to hear first a little bit about what the experience of COVID was like in your facility. What has it looked like there for the past year now? Last March is when we really started hearing about COVID, uh, hearing in the area, you know, there's some kind of virus going around. We started getting information from public health and the CDC going, there's this virus we all need to start watching out for. We were very proactive with our company right away from the get-go. We did, even a week or two prior to them recommending sheltering in place, we were already doing it. We are a 144-bed facility. We have medical, but we also have a significant Uh, psychiatric population. So I have residents that range from a younger age to an older age, and it's just depending on what unit where they fit in. Um, It basically really hit home with us in April when we had a patient come back from the hospital. We were doing really well wearing masks. All of a sudden, a patient came back from the hospital, and we requested from the hospital, please give us a COVID test. They gave us the COVID test. They said it was negative. Uh, The patient came to us a day or two into him returning from the hospital. He had coded. So we had assisted with the code and everything. The patient went out to the hospital. Unfortunately, he expired. But then we hear from the hospital shortly after that, within a day, right? Three days later, the patient was actually COVID positive. The test was wrong that they had let us know. Because if we would have known that he was positive, like any facility, you probably would have prepared differently. So because he was involved with a code, we had to then start testing because testing wasn't as required as it became about a month later. It really got more strict with testing. So at that point, we then tested staff, residents around that area, and the outbreak happened that quickly. We continue to do testing. You have little outbreaks here and there. You know, luckily to this point, we've only had 25 residents total, which I know is still 25 too many. And unfortunately we had a few deaths related to COVID. You know, we feel that, you know, we did take charge and we caught it quick enough, followed all the rules, regulations, and kind of, you know, we did, we feel on the resident point, we did really well, you know, sustaining everything. 
uh, staff-wise from the beginning. Of course, some resident staff that helped with that code immediately tested positive for COVID. Um, and to date, we've had 38 total staff, uh, no deaths of staff members. And luckily right now, we, are, we haven't had any positive residents or staff. We're on day 63. Well, it sounds like it's been quite a quite a journey. It, it, it's, it was hard. It, it was very sad when you see residents pass away um, right there on the floors and you're trying to help and there's nothing we can do. There was no cure. There's nothing you can give them to help. Um, and these are some older residents that have been here 20, 30 years. And to see them, you know, pass from this terrible virus, you know, was... An, it wasn't a major emotional toll on me and the staff. Thinking about the COVID Echo series that you both participated in, could you share a little bit about what that experience was like, both in the series and also being able to participate together as a team? Uh, honestly, with the series, the exciting part for us was that there was a compensation, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, that kind of caught your eye, that there was actually somebody willing to pay for you to sit in meetings, give your opinions. And But then after you do the series for a while, you kind of, I thought of it as almost therapeutic for us because to talk, and I was actually being all American and going alphabetical. We were the first home that had to do the case study. So to, to share your personal experiences at your building, and sometimes we had successes, but then to share the, the failures that we had, because you do feel like you failed at times because it's like the virus made you feel that way. Like we can't get a hold of it. We're, we're not doing enough. What if we're not doing enough? Um, so then joining the ECHO series, felt like, okay, first of all, I get a breather, we get a breather, and we're an hour and a half out of the chaos, and working with people and listening to people that actually have the same thing in common as you, because when you're sheltering in place and you're stuck in these four walls, you feel like, oh my God, I'm the only one, but then during the echo, you feel like, okay, there's all these other people that are going through the same stuff as us, and the camaraderie camaraderie and you know they kind of help to learn from other people's experiences too well it was you know kind of therapeutic because you know sitting down and listening to other people narrate the same experience you already had you know and then you like okay i think i did well on my own part from other people's experience yeah i i learned i learned a lot you know and from the what we learned from the echo we've been able to you know implement some um, some of the knowledge we learned from the echo to, uh, to our facility as well as our staff also. Are there specific things that you've been able to implement or changes that your team has been able to make as a result of it? Well, I think we've always had good communication with our staff, but I think we've learned other ways to communicate and to get the staff's opinion you know, you try to take charge from the top and you try to help direct your staff, but then through ECHO, we've learned you have to take a step back, listen to your staff because they're the frontline workers. They're the ones you have to remember that are holding their hand if they're passing away and if they're sick and 
if they're isolated in a room, you know, they don't get to see so many staff. They're seeing their regular ones that are only assigned to see them when you're in isolation. You know, to talk to the staff and get their feedback is also very important. But through ECHO, I think it was not just to talk and get the logistics of what's going on with the residents, but how does the staff member feel going through all of this? Because we forget that, yes, we're here taking care of the residents, but you have to remember the staff is also feeling the pressures of COVID. And we, you know, they're dealing with it at home. They're dealing with it at work. ECHO helped us learn to talk to staff also that way. I, I, I agree with her because we work as a team and, you know, she don't do anything without telling me and I don't do anything without telling her. So that's how we are able to, you know, get through the, to go through pandemic, you know, when we're having it really bad in this building. So we work together as a team with our nursing staff, every employee in this building. And you know, from the echo, you know, we learn to, you know, stop and listen to our staff. We don't want them to get burned out. We don't want them to get sick. So we do everything to protect our staff also. We also, like I said, have more of a psychiatric population. So dealing with this population in a sheltering in place and them not being able to go out was, a very big challenge for us here because these are residents that are used to signing out, going out, being independent. They're all alert oriented, minimal medical needs. So they're, you know, to try to have the staff, you know, keep them engaged while being on isolation is a very difficult task, but they, they did very well. You know, as we're kind of wrapping up, I just, uh, I wonder, how you're looking at kind of the the future and um, you know hopefully the the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic with the the vaccines and everything. Yeah, we've started seeing the light. Thank goodness, our staff is fully vaccinated here, except for one one person, and we are ninety eight percent resident because we just have a couple that are waiting that are new patients. So we were able to get the staff and residents vaccinated immediately in the first two clinics, pretty much. Because, you know, the way we, from above, our ownership, our management company, my boss, from Chi-Chi and I, it trickled down that we educated the staff, encouraged them to do the vaccination because we believe that was the light at the end of our tunnel that we needed to get to to kind of get back to semi-normal life. It'll never be back to normal. Um, and then this week, they saw the fruit of the vaccinations because they were able to start signing out and getting a little independence. And that's also contributing to why we don't have any more positive cases. So we are very proud of the staff and the residents for stepping up and doing that because, you know, that's what we needed to do to try to get everybody to stay safe and not take a step back, you know, with this terrible disease. And the families are able to start coming in now and visit. Um, that started on March 1st. So just, you know, we kept conversations. We did Zooms. We did Skyping with families. I sent them newsletters twice a month, just giving them updates on how everybody's doing. Um, but it's never the same until you can actually see them again in person. Yes, 100% agreed. And Chi Chi, what do you think? Also. I, I believe and I hope there is a light at the end of the sun, which, you know, we have seen a glimpse of it. But, you know, um, 
in our facility, you know, we try to follow the protocols, you know, the rules and regulations, abide with it, even though sometimes it's hard for you to get everybody to participate at the same time, because most of our population, some of them don't know the reason why we are wearing the mask. Some of them don't understand the reason why, oh, why can't I come out from my room? Why can't I go outside? Why can't I talk to this person, you know? But, you know, from with the team we have in the building, we are able to, you know, overcome, you know, try to talk with them and try to explain to the best of our knowledge. And then, you know, knowing fully well that when you explain, some of them don't understand. So I think that's what helps us a lot because we already know the kind of population we have. So we don't overstress them, we don't get them agitated, we don't get them to start you know, throwing tantrums, you know, we you know try to incorporate everybody's behavior and knowledge, understanding, thinking into one thing, and that's how we are able to you know overcome the worst period. But now, after the vaccination, I think you know we are getting to the end, to the end of it. We're tired of all the paperwork and testing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the tracking. Too much paperwork when you have a pandemic. Yeah. Thank you again to Mary and Chi-Chi for joining us today and for sharing your experience in this series. Our final episode will come out at the end of this week, where we'll talk with one of the nursing home networks that had facilities join several of our cohorts. If you and your team were part of our AHRQ nursing home project and would like to share any feedback about the series, we are always so happy to hear from you. Please email us at echo at bsd.uchicago.edu. We look forward to hearing from you and to you joining us for part five of this podcast series.